the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. It's Money Monday, which means time for a conversation with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. Don't miss the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. It airs Friday night at 7 and also Saturdays at noon here on The Answer. Great way for you to do a checkup on where your assets are located as you work toward retirement. Josh and his team would meet with you for a free consultation at your convenience. Set that up online, Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com, or you can do it on the phone, 614 917 1040. And when we talked Friday on the show, Josh, we talked about the tech sector struggling a little bit. Uh, the markets are down tech and S&P 500. There's that old adage, buy low, sell high, since the markets are relatively low to being up in 2021. Uh, is this a buy time or is it nervous time and maybe wait to see if it's going to go even lower? Well, you know, I think it, it's relative to uh, what your time frame is and what your way of investigating when is a good time to buy a stock and when is not a good time to buy a stock. And let me explain. So obviously buying any stock for the most part today is a much better time than it was, call it six months ago, as stocks are down quite dramatically over the last six months. However, um, and I think you know Berkshire Hathaway is proving this to be accurate as they're having a pretty darn good year relative to the market, they are deep value buyers, meaning that their main focus is analyzing cash flow, Mode around the company, meaning how difficult would it be to compete with the company, and what's the upside potential potential of that company, not just over the next five years, but over the next fifty or a hundred years. And you know, we kind of drift away from that when times are really good. You saw, you know, the Nasdaq and you know tech stocks got hurt more than the rest of the market uh, over the last few weeks. And, but you're seeing companies like Caterpillar, et cetera, actually posting some pretty strong returns uh, year to date. So to answer your question, I think if you know what to buy and you're a long-term investor, uh, now could be a pretty darn good time to buy a few things. And I think moving forward, we'll have even better buying opportunities. But unfortunately, that's not what the typical investor does. You know, they were buying six months ago, and now that the market's down, they're selling, which is the exact opposite of buy low, sell high that you just uh, had mentioned. Yeah, it's true. Uh, You know, we get kind of imprisoned sometimes by these ideas that we've heard over time. And, you know, we're in a different kind of economic time right now with inflation at 40-year highs and fears, as you mentioned, of recession. Our guest is Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. They're located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750. Love to meet with you for a free consultation. Set it up, 614-917-1040 or aptuswealth.com. The other thing that I wonder about is uh, there's always been this perception that as you get closer to retirement, there's a right way to allocate your assets, split them up, certain percentage in stocks, certain percentage in whatever other uh, endeavors you choose to invest in. Does that change now the timetable for moving your money around to keep most of it safe as opposed to most of it in a more volatile mix like the stock market? Does that change because of the times that we're in, or is that proven over time since we have been through these kinds of times before that, no, you should just basically stick with that kind of formula that as you get closer to retirement, you get a little bit more conservative in your investments. 
I believe that it does change. Uh, you know, there's been an entire industry essentially created around uh, these kind of lifestyle funds or time, uh, you know, time delayed funds or time weighted funds where you'll have, you know, I'm invested in the XYZ company 2020 fund or 2030 fund or 2040 fund. And all of those funds execute essentially what you just said. And that is as you get closer and closer to the destination of retirement, you start getting significantly more bond allocation in your portfolio versus stocks. And the theory there is pretty sound in that bonds over time have been a safer place to be than being in the stock market. And the closer and closer I get to that one yard line of retirement, the less volatility that I want. That said, bonds have benefited dramatically over the last 40 years or so from declining interest rates in the United States. And bonds and interest rates are inversely proportional, meaning as interest rates go up, the value of your underlying bond is at risk of going down. And for simple math, you know, if you pick up kind of any economics or finance book, one of the things that you'll learn is on a 10-year bond, for every 1% rise in interest rate, your bond, if you needed to sell early, would decline roughly 10%. So as we're in these you know, horrendously uh, interest rate raising times that we're in today to try and thwart off inflation, it's been a terrible time to buy bonds. For example, you know, the stock market as we sit here talking today is down uh, between 15 and 16%, but the bond market is down between 13 and 15% upon you know, what index you're tracking. So you know, being in bonds really hasn't been uh, quite a refuge for you. So you know, the question is what to do in these rising interest rate uh, environment times. And, and we can look back throughout history, thinking back to the 70s and early 80s and what would have worked then. And the answer is uh, holding off, holding cash, waiting for interest rates to rise, and then buying things like uh, longer duration CDs uh, or in the interim waiting for that time to occur. We can start buying things like shorter term bonds and shorter term CDs. And fortunately for investors today, you know, those short term investments are looking pretty attractive relative to history. You can get, you know, less than one year CDs right now for, you know, north of 4%. So not a terrible way to kind of hide and wait and see what to do next. Josh Pick is our guest. He joins me every Monday at 1230 for Money Monday. We do the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show together Friday night at 7, Saturdays at noon. And you can sample Josh's YouTube channel by going to YouTube.com and searching Josh Pick Finance. Or you can sign up to be a subscriber and get notified when he posts new content. A great way to understand these concepts on YouTube, of course. You can watch it, pause it, take notes, rewatch it. And you can subscribe at aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. It's where you go as well to set up your free consultation or do it via the phone at 614-917-1040. So I'm wondering how often in decent financial times or less volatile financial times a person should check their asset allocation as they work toward retirement. And does that timetable for how often you should check that diversification split does that change in a time like this? Any, Or does that just a factor of age and how close you get to retirement? Well, while I don't think you should be changing your asset allocation every 15 minutes, I do think that regardless of whether or not times are good or times are bad, you need to revisit your situation, revisit your portfolio allocation, just revisit your overall financial plan. Now, in our office, we believe that that should be done uh, at least once every six months. And the reason for that is things change. You know, maybe you Maybe you change jobs and you have an outstanding 401k that's kind of laying out there that tends to get neglected or forgotten about, and that allocation drifts. Or maybe you've had a child, or maybe 
uh, you know, your child has left the house. That could change your insurance needs, et cetera. So there's always this evolving, changing thing. Just like life, no two days are the same. Your financial plan should continue to change. But I think what ultimately ends up happening, unfortunately, is when times are really good, people completely neglect their financial plan and their financial situation, which can be just as risky or more dangerous than overchecking it whenever times are bad like this. And, and what we see is this neglect and becoming overweighted in risky assets relative to your goals. And then when the market turns, you are obviously dramatically adversely affected by that more than maybe you want it to be. And then what do you do to fix it? Well, you start watching it even more and more closely and constantly make it while the market is correcting. And ultimately, unbeknownst to you and not your intention, you end up buying high and selling low. So it's important to kind of get in this habit, just like going to the gym or, or revisiting, you know, your, your will. Because how many times have I met with clients and they say, I haven't looked at my will in 30 years. Uh, you know, you need to revisit these things periodically. And I think every six months, just like going to the dentist, is probably a good touch base, check in, make sure everything still looks good. Josh, as we wrap up, the uh, Senate is going to be uh, controlled by Democrats. It kind of was before with Kamala Harris having the tie-breaking vote. If the Republicans end up getting the House by a very narrow margin, uh, you've said before, divided government, typically the market's like that. Yeah, you know, I guess it's unfortunate uh, when I say it this way, but the markets seem to like gridlock, uh, meaning that you know, whatever whatever side you like, whether you like the Democratic side or the Republican side, unfortunately, both sides seem to have an adverse effect um, on on what the markets or business really like. So, putting them in a position where they can get as little passed and break as little stuff as possible is usually a good thing. So, let's just cross our fingers and hope for that split. Uh, because it'll be a good thing for your money. That would be a good thing. Anything that's good for money is a, a good thing for me in retirement and others. And if you want to set up a free consultation with Josh and the Aptus team, you can do it via the phone, 614-917-1040 or at aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Josh, look forward to seeing you on Friday. Bruce, always a pleasure. Thanks. So we got the double down from Biden last week that he's going to keep doing what he's doing with the economy. So what we've gotten, we're going to get more of. I think it's going to get really, really bad in 2023. I think we are going to have a recession. And so, you know, if you have not bulletproofed your portfolio or at least checked your asset allocation, uh, now would certainly be the time to do it. I've done it with my wife. Uh, We've gone with Josh and uh, you can set that up online at aptuswealth.com. So in talking with Josh Pick about the tech industry and about the economy, um, it's interesting. I just now came across uh, some circumstances that have been distilled down into one social media post for me. Layoffs in the tech industry. Amazon announced today uh, that it will be instituting its biggest layoffs in history. 10,000 people starting as soon as this week. Um Twitter, I think, no, it was and no, it was uh, Meta. Facebook said they're going to lay off eleven thousand people. Twitter's going to lay off fifty percent of their workforce. I don't even know what Cameo is, but Cameo's laying off twenty five percent. Robinhood twenty three percent. Intel twenty percent. Snapchat twenty percent. Coinbase eighteen percent. Open Door eighteen percent. Stripe again. I don't even know what these are, but they're all tech. Businesses, Stripe laying off 14%, Lyft, that's like Uber, competitor of Uber, 13%, Shopify, 10%, 
Apple has a hiring freeze. If you think 2023 is not going to be rough economically, why are these companies laying people off? Because they're not profitable, right? They're not profitable. They got to cut their costs. They got to cut their costs in order to be profitable. There are two ways that a company that's not profitable can become profitable cut staff, raise prices. Now, under the umbrella of cutting staff, is that's that's really under the umbrella of reducing costs, which you could say, okay, we're going to pay less for the things that we buy that go into the products that we make. But if you're a tech company, like Twitter doesn't really make a product. You can't go buy something at the Twitter store. They, have a, they provide a service, and so they're lowering the cost of providing that service by cutting back on the number of, number of people who are going in doing yoga, eating a free lunch, maybe meditating for a half an hour, and then going home. So all these layoffs indicate what? The economy is not going to be producing at the rate that it's produced in the past. And the Biden administration just keeps saying, hey, things are great. Things are fantastic. What's wrong with you? Everything's phenomenal. We're not in a recession. There's no recession. Inflation is transitory. The only reason why people give me a low approval rating is because they don't understand what we're doing. No, they understand that you're spending money you shouldn't be spending, and they understand that they're spending more money for the things they buy than they've ever had to spend before. I also think now that the midterms are over, and look, I don't blame them for laughing at Republicans in the aftermath of winning the Senate. They have one more Senate seat than they had before. Maybe they'll have two more. If Raphael Warnock... No, they'll have one more if Warnock wins. They'll have a 50-50 split if Warnock loses. So they held serve in the Senate, and the losses that they anticipated in the House certainly didn't happen, and they might still even win a, end up winning the House. So I understand why people who aren't very smart and aren't very self-aware, and I'm talking about Democrats here, would think that America loves us. They love our policies. All the lies we're telling about Insurrection, 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 abortion, 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 border, border, border. All the lies we're telling them, they're believing. We can get away. We can do whatever we want. Now, this is depressing for those of us who don't look forward to a deep recession in 2023. Those of us who fear that Xi Jinping in China is going to make an aggressive move on Taiwan and Joe Biden, who's always been wrong in every foreign policy decision he's ever made or any opinion he's ever held. Joe Biden's going to be in charge of Was he going to get it right finally? No, I don't have any confidence in that. But history tells us that in 1978, Jimmy Carter was in the midst of his presidency, and things were bad. Things were bad in 1978. But America wasn't ready to give up on Jimmy Carter. And the Democrats, in the midst of a bad economy, In a bad foreign policy situation, just like now, the Democrats in the midterms did pretty well. They actually gained seats in the midterms. And I'm sure that Jimmy Carter thought, well, what do you know? They like me. And he probably thought he was going to get reelected in 1980. He didn't get reelected in 1980. Ronald Reagan rode into the White House on a wave of support. And Ronald Reagan, it took him a while, but he fixed inflation. He fixed our economy. He fixed our country 
He ended communism, at least weakened it severely. So it can all flip around. It can all flip around in two years, particularly when a party mistakes what it thinks is a mandate, which is instead is really like just either indifference or a misunderstanding of what that party stands for and what they will do if you don't hold them accountable in the midterm. So I haven't give up, given up on 2024, but clearly the Republicans have a lot to figure out. they got to figure out this week. they got to figure out if they have the House, do they want Kevin McCarthy to be the leader? I don't know if that's the right thing. Do they want Mitch McConnell to be the minority leader in the Senate? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like when you have this bad of an underperformance, somebody's head's got to roll. I mean, I've been critical of the Biden administration that things have gone south on the border. Things are bad internationally. Things are bad domestically. Our energy policy is messed up, yet nobody's lost their job. Well, they finally got rid of one border guy. But I believe that failure should have consequences, and it should be in the case of the Republicans, no different. If Kevin McCarthy, he picked a lot of these House candidates who didn't win. Mitch McConnell made some strange decisions with his money, although he raised a lot of money. Trump had a ton of money, and he put very little of it behind candidates that he was supposed to be supporting. So it'll be interesting to see what Trump says tomorrow night. It'll be very, very interesting to see what the Republicans do this week. But the Democrats are... Not going to change. And because they're not going to change, because they're going to misread the results of this midterm as an endorsement of what they're doing, I think things could conceivably be much, much worse in 2024. And maybe then, if we run the right candidates, maybe then the Republicans will get the red wave that they want. Now, I want to share a little personal observation with you that I experienced over the weekend. It's easy to lose your hope in our country and in what's what path we're on. But I had the privilege over the weekend to interact with a bunch of high school kids who were on sports teams that were playing for state championships or getting trying to get to a state championship in football, playing for state championships in volleyball. And we often think like, man, our values as conservatives are not shared by younger people. You look at the voting in the midterms and the young people, the really young people voted all Democrat. Not all, but pretty heavily Democrat. The issue is not with kids when they're under the roof of their homes and being raised by their parents. The issue is with kids once they get out on their own in the nation's colleges and get on their own. Republicans have to find a way to relate to kids in college. They've got to find a way to do that. Because right now, our colleges are pointing our kids toward liberalism toward Marxism. They're ingraining the idea that America is unfair. Republicans have a lot of work to do. They got work to do on mail-in ballots. They got work to do on that side of the ledger. They got work to do in picking the right candidates. But they really have to figure out a way to appeal to young voters. Because if they don't, we're going to get more of the same. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.